thing rolling. Uh, are we going to? Yeah, we're rolling. We've been rolling. Oh. <laughs> so I just figured I was looking for a spot. But um, we're sitting here with Fletch Larkin today. I traveled with Fletch uh, many, many miles by motorcycle and I always knew he was a potter. But to be honest, I thought he made like Play-Doh ashtrays and <laughs> an occasional coffee mug for his grandpa or something like that until I find out. I think it was in it was in Taos, New Mexico. We ran into that Japanese guy that knew of your work and you knew of his work, and I was like, "Holy crap! Now I'm traveling with a celebrity." I will say I know that uh, when I tell somebody that I've just met that I'm a potter, they have warning signs going off and saying, "Flake, flake." <laughs> well, well I kind of get it because I feel the same way when I meet other potters until I see what they're about. <laughs> I, was like, I, was like, I don't know if this person's going to be. <laughs> well, we gave you crap for years about how. You, well, we still do about you doing Potter things. Like, what's the what's the number one Potter thing that I that I say you do? No. Porridge from a wooden bowl in the perfect upright lotus position while chanting some <laughs> mantra of some sort. But you're not that guy. So. I don't even know what award you've won or what what's what's the highlights of your pottery career. How'd you get into it? Uh, well, my my parents are potters. I, my uh, parents taught themselves how to make pottery, and I grew up. You know, they they had a shop started before I uh, was born, so I grew up in a pottery shop, and customers coming and buying pots that they made, and um, so I was around, and I wasn't. Yeah, I learned how to how to work in the studio, how to make things. Uh, you know, as a kid, and started uh, started figuring some of that out. But I wasn't interested in it uh, on my own right. I I would go make something here and there, or, or you know, my parents would put me to work on something. But that wasn't. Uh, but, um, so when did it happen that you took an interest where your dad didn't have to bake? Let's go over there and pot something. Yeah, it was. Uh, uh, in college. Uh, oh, really? It was that late? Yeah, I was. Um, uh, it started out in graphic design, and then uh, realized I didn't want to sit at a computer, uh, and I wanted something hands-on that I could actually make something physical. And uh, I had a wood design program, and I thought I was going to do that again kind of interested in woodworking and um but that same semester they had a a, uh, a conference a wood uh, international wood fire conference and uh so these potters from australia and new zealand and uh all over the world this is in north carolina which has a, a you know, huge a big, pottery subculture almost yeah there's potters there that go back for generations and generations um so there's all these North Carolina potters, and I just got sucked into it. Like so what's what's been the highlights? <clears throat> well, there's a, I would say the most meaningful, you know, the most rewarding part of it is the the. You know, like the people you meet, you know, the, the other potters, the customers, um, and the 
big highlight would be working with my parents, uh, you know, be, having a professional relationship with them, and and Beth, my partner, she uh, we met through pottery, and um, and you know, we really kind of grew and developed our our pottery making together. And she's the like what the director. Yeah, she is the, the director doctor. of the of the um, museum school at the Arkansas Museum of Fine Arts. Wow! And you teach there? Uh, yeah, I teach uh, classes on. Right now they're between buildings, but when the classes start up again, it'll be on Wednesday nights. That's what I've always taught. Well, I'm surprised, you know, that what I would have thought you would have said about your highlights when you were, your work was pegged at what the governor's... So the the state has uh, <clears throat> the governor, Governor's Arts Awards. They, they give to the artists and... They have a, a craftsperson make the awards every year, and uh, in, two, in 2020, uh, was the uh, uh, they, they asked me to they commissioned me to make the how many pieces? Yeah. I can't remember. I'm thinking it was 12. Pieces. I was gonna say 10 or 12 is what I was thinking because mm-hmm. I saw you when you pulled them out of the kiln, and I was like, wow. Yeah. Kind of watched that process all the way through. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was a nice thing where you get, um, you know, some recognition. Some recognition, some that the Arkansas Arts Council, uh, you know, they they call and ask you to yeah, do something. Yeah, I mean, it's like, well, they're, they're noticing me, I'm, and I'm not, you know, I don't really, uh, I don't try to get to get. Oh, noticed. Fletch, uh, come on. It's, uh, you're like you're real outgoing. <laughs> but, no, I, I, what I mean is, there's reason for some people to try and get into shows all the time, to uh, you know, the, to keep that part of their career going. Mm-hmm. There's there's professional reasons to do that beyond just your ego, which doesn't you know, it's, it's nice to be noticed about for things, but uh, not but, Fletch. Uh, I'm, you know, for me, I, I don't, I'm not trying, I don't have an academic career or something that I'm trying to... Further, right, you know, you become a professor. I, I to, what I want to do is make pots and sell them, and um, right now my parents, just, you know, their their shop is still going. Um, and your dad's been, what year was he declared an Arkansas, was Arkansas Living Treasure? Yeah, I can't remember what year it was. Uh, it's been a while back, yeah, though. Uh, over 10 years ago. Right. But, uh and that was a yeah, that was a, a nice recognition for him. Uh, and for you, yeah. you came up, but you learned from him. Yeah, it, uh, it, it, and it's uh, translated. It's obvious that you know you're not just making coffee mugs and and um, I mean I've seen some of your work. You've done planters and some huge pieces. Beth's done some some she just incredibly. I mean, y'all are incredibly talented. It makes me kind of want to puke. You know, I can I can write a story every now and then. That's about it. So, well, this brings us to why we're here. In 2014, we had um we had a couple of Ukrainians come through town, and they were crossing the country on a DR650 on a KLR650, which are basically 
single cylinder motorcycles. There's not really people do cr- cross the country on them or go around the world on them, but it's usually not the bike of choice. But these guys were back in 2014. The Russia had just invaded the Crimea, and I I never met a Ukrainian before. Had you up to that point? Uh, yeah, I had a friend okay. here in Little Rock that she she grew up in in New York, but um, but she had family in Ukraine. It was you know that, that was important to her, so I needed a little bit. Well, these guys showed up, and they were in, you remember how, they were in bad shape. They weren't ready to, they were not even a third of the way across the country from Tampa to Oregon. And then what they were going to do was fly home, where they were going to ride to the West Coast, sell their motorcycles, and use that money to fly home to fight the invading Russians. And we've been kind of tight with them ever since. Mm -hmm. So... Kind of got their tire situ- right. tires and tune-ups and got them ready to got them got them squared away the country. But then when they even after they got back to Ukraine, we've maintained contact. And even back in 2015, 2016, way before the current events now with Russia invading and all that, Basil has the, these really cool pannier bags. Yeah, yeah, it, uh, that he's. He Hand sewed and sent you a set, sent me a set, sent Zach a set. Yeah, we admired him when he had oh, him yeah, there on the bike, I, and then he. You might have admired him. I lusted after him. I love uh, him. He, uh, he's he fixed this stuff. I couldn't believe it. When yeah, he sent them all with matching T-shirts. So we all had Ukrainian T-shirts, <laughs> and then, as a matter of fact, back then Fletch, you remember that? Yep, yeah, the mug that I. Uh, in in the Ukraine colors. Blue and yellow. And I tried to ship them to him, and it never made it to him. Oh, he never got them? Mm-mm. They, they, <laughs> maybe some some Ukrainian customs. Yeah, they might have purloined them. <laughs> but, uh, you didn't know I knew that word, did you? Purloin? I've heard you use that before. Ah, oh, dang. I think you it's have a, a couple words like that that you really... <laughs> that, I like to, that I like to yank out. And <laughs> So anyway, we've been kind of followed... Ukraine ever since, and the good times and the bad times, and step, kept in touch with Vasil and with Jan. And when the current situation came up, we were talking to. I was. Did Vasil contact? He contacted all of us. He contacted you and me and who else? I can't remember. That. And said that they're in need of humanitarian aid funds. So Fletch took it upon himself to make these mugs in the Ukraine colors. I mean, beautiful mugs. I don't know if you can see that. I'm going to put them up on Charlie's page. But these things are stunning. This one, which one had the Ukraine logo on it? Uh, two green ones. And there it's real subtle. It's a real subtle. It's the, 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 the U- yeah, the Ukraine trident. It's on the front. It's on the mug. If you're right-handed, it's on the mug, on the front side. Well, anyway, he made these all these pieces, and primarily either Ukraine colors or in Ukraine motif or whatever, to, we're going to sell them. Yep. We were going to auction them, but we don't even know how to do that. We're too too stupid. So we're going to list these on Charlie's Facebook page, on our Instagram, and we'll have prices on there. Everything that we get for, for these, and they'll have prices on them. We're not going to do the auction thing. And... Whatever funds we raise, we're sending to Vasil. 
let him put that money where it Yeah, we don't know where it needs to go. I mean, we know we know it's going to get out there when we say Yeah, we know the seal. You know, what what people don't realize is I think people sometimes think that you know, like every, it seems like everybody in the grandma is you know, got a Ukraine sticker on the back of their car or something like that, but man, we've known these guys a lot longer than that before that was even a thing. Matter of fact, I've got a Ukraine flag right up there that how many times have we flown that? Yeah, at, every, on, on every top trip. every trip on Ophir Pass, on Engineer Pass, out at Lake Sylvia, just everywhere we go, we fly this Ukraine flag, take pictures of it, put it on social media, so the guys over in Ukraine know that they're not forgotten. And this was before, you know, this has been like 2015, 2016. So I, I think it's doubly important now. Yeah. So anyway, that's where that's where the story's at. Um, it kind of fits into the Charlie Bravo story because when we, I mean, we just take people in. Those guys from Ukraine spent the night that night, and you remember when they, when they first got here, when Vasil went and went in the bedroom to change clothes. What? You don't remember that? No, maybe you were here. Running around, they came out in their underwear. <laughs> that was it. And they, they were tidy whities too, man. Vasil, Vasil, come be bopping out. And I'm like. <gasps> I was like, I guess they do things different in Ukraine than they do over here. So, but he was cool. He was a. What was so funny is while he was here, he had the long ponytail and and all that. Like looked like a surfer guy. But then we see him go back to Ukraine and we back. And, buzzed. Yeah, buzzed off, looking like a stone killer. I was like, whoa, Vasil. But anyway, that's what we're here for. You got anything else you want to add? To Fletch put a lot of work into this, so. Thanks to him. Vasil, if you're out there, if you see this, we're doing this for you guys. You and Jan and the rest of the guys that follow us on Facebook and the guys we follow y'all. And we got your back. Up the irons is all I can say about that. Anything else? You want to say anything to Vasil? Well, I told him that we were going to do this, and he he said, yeah, if I ever get to see you again, I want to hug your neck. Oh, wow. So, I'm looking forward to that day. Wouldn't that be a cool thing, man? Because that, that was the thing I, I kind of left out of the story. When they they were here, what, a day and a night. A full night and then a good portion of the next day. And when they pulled out, you know what? I think them pulling out might have meant when I did my first trip to Colorado. No. Maybe I don't, no, I'd already been to Colorado yeah, yeah. because that's what they stopped by here for was to talk about our route and things like that. Okay, never mind. But I remember when they pulled away, I almost wanted to cry. Mm-hmm. I said, like, oh, I want to go. But, and then, and then, because not just because I wanted to go on the trip, but we, man, they were such, such cool cats that I was like, man, I don't, I don't want, I mean, knowing you have a friend on the other side of the world is one thing. But knowing that you're never going to see him again, what if the chances of our paths crossing, man, it probably ain't going to happen. But it could. Funny things happen. Funny things happen, and I, and I know that as well as anybody. And then also, you know, there's, you can make things happen. You know, you kind of forget that that's a possibility that you can... Yeah, I can just imagine flying into, hey, Vasil, I'm going to come hang out with you. Uh, dude, I'm in the middle of a war zone. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying no, this I, month. No, I'm talking about, yeah, it's what I, all of a sudden you got me thinking. I was like, 
Man, you just planted a seed, man. What would it cost to fly to Ukraine in the middle of a you know, touchdown? There's missiles and cruise missiles flying overhead. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah, I'd go. <laughs> I'm not sure if they want to take care of this. <laughs> I, who said anything about us? I ain't dragging you along. <laughs> you, you're trying to eat pottage you know, out of a wooden bowl. <laughs> like, no, Mr. Larkin, we don't have that in this airport. By God, I'll throw a potter snip. <laughs> yeah, I have to get a boat so I can eat my porridge. <laughs> You'd have to get something. They won't let you carry that on. No, well, I mean, if, if, if it make it through this, if it's wooden bowl and porridge. Too liquid. I get little vials of it. I guess that might, that might work. But you, it wouldn't show up on. You could pack it in your luggage, uh-huh. and it wouldn't show up on the on the metal detector when it goes through there. It could happen. It could happen. You could make it happen. My, just do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna hold my breath. <laughs> All right, man. Vasil, Jan, the rest of the guys over there, we love you to death, and we, this is for you. And we'll get it to you as soon as it comes into us. Anything else? That's going to do it. All right, dude. We're out. Nineteen minutes. Cool. Little fire started buzzing around. Dude, I saw you do it on your nose. And see, I, I haven't had a problem with them. <laughs> you need to salt that. Well, that's what I should have got, should have done. Should have shut them off your nose.